Yeah, we're live. What's up? What up? How you doing? Good. I'm uh, out of my quarantine in, in your apartment, which is which is great. I know. Great. Yeah, this is hype. People are actually going outside. Yeah. That's the weirdest part about this like quarantine is that I don't mind working from home, but I mind the bars being closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's like it's different. It's I like working from home, but it's just part of it might be because my work is kind of struggling with with this recession so or what might be a recession a lot of people don't want to sell their companies or buy others if there's a a lot of uncertainty in the economy so we've been kind of like in panic mode trying to keep all of our deals alive (laughs) when did panic mode start for you guys like did you guys start paying attention to this in like 2019 when it was starting to grow in china and things like that no no i mean we were it was on our radar but once businesses start shutting down and uh people have no idea what's going on that's when our business suffers uncertainty is like the the worst thing for us, right? I mean, if you have, even if it's in a down economy, if you have some certainty into like what's going on, like that's still okay. But these huge decisions that these business owners make with, you know, selling or buying businesses, that just, those decisions aren't made in an area of uncertainty. And well, it also doesn't matter when they are literally told they cannot be open to make money. Yeah, too. Man. Yeah. <laughs> that's the craziest thing to yeah. me. I always feel like, there are so many people just impacted, and it's like a few things that are allowed to stay open are like grocery stores. Like, dude, mm-hmm. gas is one seventy. Well, that's part of what's contributing to the stock market stuff, right? There's like a oil price war going on in between really? Russia and <clears throat> and uh, and the Saudis. Man, it's like that's just fuel on well. <laughs> ironically, <laughs> fuel on the fire. Uh, so yeah, man, it's crazy. And I mean, think about. Like I heard this on the radio yesterday, but like funerals right now with like mass gatherings being banned, like you, funeral directors have to tell the families of these people that are dying that you can't have more than 10 people at this celebration of their life. You know what I mean? Like usually funerals can be big. Yeah. Like it's kind of crazy to think about. You know what I mean? Well, it's like, that's the thing as well. It's like, I mean, we have it because our families are foreign as well. It's like if there's someone, something happens in a different country right now, we're not getting over there yeah, whatsoever. It's, it's kind of, this stuff gets like really real once it forces to affect your life. You know, like once you have something like that happen where it's like, oh crap, like I actually can't do this or like I can't go there or help that person you know it's well that's like the craziest thing that i feel like so actually grateful for now is like both where i work and i think where you work it's Mm -hmm. like they're allowing us to work from home yeah and it's like that opportunity to you know still make money and like still work like that's huge Mm -hmm. like right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and it's like that's kind of a way i like try and keep my mind off of the anxiety of it all it's like why even try and pay attention to it when there's still other things like yeah the world's gonna see keep turning but Mm -hmm. it's like right now it's like i'm not on the side of like being in control so let's focus on the things i can't control yeah for sure i mean that's like a that's a good mantra for life in general so i'm I'm on board with that (laughs) 
I did get shook when those those text messages went out on Monday saying that the U.S. was going into full quarantine. <laughs> My mom still is on that board. Like, she just forwarded me a message. I'm like, Mom, this is fake. Stop spreading it to people. Like, she's like, the National Guard is going to come and shut everything down. I'm like, this is just meant to cause panic and, like, flooding groceries. So, like, it doesn't help the situation. Just, like relax don't panic there's plenty of groceries well that's what i did i just thought about like getting soup and like potatoes because yeah. i'm like well i read the martian and he survived on potatoes i'm like if yeah, it, like worse comes to worse it's like <laughs> that's I, what i'm reverting yeah, to. yeah man i bought a lot of like that that stuff early on in this process um that i'm probably <laughs> never gonna eat <laughs> but, but i was like eh, might as well it's not gonna go bad for a while so you know no, and if worse comes to worse you know you can still make it Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, like, made sure to stock up on coffee, too. Yeah. That yeah. was, like, actually something I was like, if I'm out of coffee, like, right. that's going to be annoying. Yeah, luckily, Brian has that biggest espresso machine, <laughs> and he's, like, always got that stocked up. So oh, man. Been good. I'm really happy about just, like, loving Folgers, like, breakfast blend or whatever. Oh, yeah. I've, like, become a big fan of that. Like, Kiara found it, and it's just been, oh, it's great. Mm. Cold brew or just regular coffee. Nice. Yeah, yeah, Brian spoils me in that sense. I get, like, nice espresso, <laughs> like, freshly ground beans. Freshly ground. Oh, that's good. Uh, nah, I'm like, insta-coffee. Like, just pour hot water on top I, of no, it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that, too. But now, yeah, I don't know if my palate's changed. But, yeah. No, no. So... All right. Well, since you work in this wild, wild economy, mm-hmm. how, yeah, people, you've been saying a bunch of people have been coming to you and talking yeah, about investing yeah. in the market. So, a couple of disclaimers here. One, don't take this as investment advice. I'm not a registered uh, broker dealer. Okay. You're so not that's a, a fiduciary or exactly. whatever. Um, two, so my job, yes, I work within the markets a lot just because of the nature of uh, my clients type of work, but I don't, I'm not a stock trader. Right? A lot of people think like I'm an investment maker. That means like I go out and like for work, I trade stocks all the time. Like not the same thing, two different jobs, but I am pretty familiar um, with the inner workings of all of that stuff. You're not just an Eastern market then trying to sell stocks to people. <laughs> what? That happens? No, no. I just like, like I gotta, give, I gotta be friends with that guy. He's an yeah, entrepreneur. Yeah, he's like, these are homegrown stocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do have some context, right? And and I think uh, speaking on behalf of like our generation, so not like people that are close to retiring or anything like that, um, just like, again, I think it's super important to have an emergency stockpile of cash, not literally cash, but, um, keep it in an emergency fund. Yeah. Well, you could, <laughs> I mean, um, like an emergency fund of cash and like, you know, expenses that you're planning to have the next couple of years, like keep that in the bank. Don't, don't play with it. Obviously your 401k, don't touch it. All that stuff has been predetermined long-term assets. I'm assuming that you people that have 401ks at our age. What, have, just don't sell, sell, sell them? Don't, the worst thing you can do right now is is sell stuff. Unless you, like, listen, unless you really need cash, right? I mean, there's people that, you know, lost their jobs that really need every penny and, like, obviously um, don't invest into the market right now if you need that cash immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but 401k specifically, because this is part of the questions I get, 
Like, don't look at them even. Don't yeah. don't reallocate them. Don't do anything. Like, they're meant to be invested long-term and just forget about it. But keep it, contributing to it while you're normally contributing to it and just, just let it sit. Just ride the wave. Cause ride I think, the wave. Like, could your money now, like, saying, like, keeping contributions, your money could go a bit farther right now if you keep contributing yeah, so, to so it. That's, that's what I'm going to get to. So, um, so... With all that being said, if you have you know some amount of money in your bank account that you can put to work in the market, yeah, now is a a good time to do it. And just for for some from some context, right? I did a little bit of research before I came here just to make sure I got my numbers right. Um, but in the last the last like few recessions, so 1987, that was a big kind of short term crash, Black Monday. Um, that was a 33% drop in the S&P 500 and that lasted about three months. So not really a recession. That was more of like a market shock. Dot-com bubble, that was early 2000s. So that was a, just about a 40%, 45%, depending on the time frames you're looking at, drop in the market. Um, the recession itself only lasted eight months, but the time it took to recover all of those losses was um, a while. It was a, it was a few years for sure. Um, and then the Great Recession, right, in 2007, that went down about 50% from top to bottom, S&P 500. Uh, and that lasted about a year and a half for the whole recession. Um, most of that drop happened in the first nine months. Um, but the important thing here is so again those percentages again so recession 50% drop in the market dot com bubble about i think it was about these 40% these are all significant significant and, and like all and right over now, 30% yeah right now the market's down about 32% in the last month um so again putting that into kind of that's already like coming close to those levels of of dropping um but not at the level that we were at in 2007 yet. So there's arguments to be made. The market can still be dropping further. Fair enough. Um, but, you know, it's unprecedented for it to drop below 50%, right? That's like never happened. And this is, you know, a res- like a market shock that we've never seen before. So it's very, very hard to predict. And anyone that predicts the bottom of the market is, don't believe them because no one knows. Um, but the the general idea is if you look at the last recession again a year after the recession ended if you were to invest your money during the towards the bottom of the recession a year after you'd have made 14% 3 years after that same money would have made you 58% and 5 years after it would have made you 137% so if you invested money at the bottom of the market in 2009 you would have made Hundred and forty percent five years later. So by two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, thirteen four. Yeah, right around there. You would have had made your investment back. Right? Yeah, if you had invested a hundred dollars. Yeah, you would have made two hundred and thirty six dollars. Wait, what's that? Is that math right? Hundred. Yeah, you would have doubled your money. Doubled your plus money. more. Yeah. So the again, this is an extreme. The recession was like the worst thing that happened since the great depression. Right. Yeah. So this, who knows where this falls, say falls something maybe less severe than that. The idea is the same, right? If you invest 
towards the bottom of the market right now in the short term in three to five years, short to medium term, depending on how you look at that, you can make a lot of, a lot of money, right? If it follows the same type of trends as, as previous recessions. Nice. Um, so that being said, how long is the recession going to last? No one knows, right? So it, we could be at the bottom, but we could be at this bottom for the next two years, three years. And also, like one of the things that I think uh, is about this is this is also a long term play. This is yeah. not short term. You're right. gonna get this money right. back, right? It could be both. So generally, over the long term, the market you can expect it to return like about seven, eight percent. Um, if you try to kind of arbitrage this opportunity, you know, in the medium term, once you get out of a recession, you, you kind of stand to make the most amount of money because mm-hmm. like that's on the upswing, right? Yeah. So people are spending more, they're going out, they're doing things, everything starts to level out again. Yeah. There's now a big surge of money back into the market at that point. Right. So, so the idea is, is, um, generally investing into just pure equities is highly risky, right? High risk, high reward. What's an equity? Is that like the stock market, right? As opposed to bonds, which Mm -hmm. are safer investments that return a little bit less. So if in a normal economy, like you shouldn't invest all of your money into stocks because like what just happened could happen and you lose a lot of your money. But now stocks are very cheap, if you ask most people, right? If in a recession, a lot of these stocks have been hit really hard. And that's why you want to throw money at equities because, you know, within the next two to three years, you know, based on historical averages, the market is going to go up and those stocks are going to go back up. Do you think some of those stocks were over evaluated? Yes. And that, and that goes into the, so some people think, oh, the coronavirus, uh, once everything calms down in a few months, everything will go back to normal, which it's that it could be true. That's called the V-shape recovery, right? It drops down and immediately dro- jumps back up. Um, and that would imply that there was like a shock for something that was very, very short term and there's really no ramifications of it. So like business as usual. The problem is, is we've had such a um, aggressive bull market, such a long bull market. Yeah. People are already talking about the last few years, like the market's overvalued, like we're bound for a recession. I mean, these stocks have just been going up for way too long. Yeah. One of my buddies has been saying the same thing for a long time that we were going to have a correction yeah, in yeah. the market, which is totally, totally fair. So that being said, it, a lot of people are saying this is going to take more of a U-shaped recovery where it's like, you know, it drops and then it might stay at a, at a, quote unquote, low level for a little bit. Maybe that's a year, maybe that's two years, whatever, but it's going to go back up. Right. So it's like, you can almost guarantee the fact that again, if you, if you try to, if, if you theoretically find the bottom, right. Even if it takes a couple of years to recover, it's still going to recover in two yeah. to three years. Right. I mean, like it'd be unprecedented for it to like keep going down for like five, six, seven years. You know, it's that's that's just craziness. Um, so the the idea is invest into the market broadly, stocks, S and P five hundred, ETFs. Ex- exactly right. That that's that's the simplest way to do it. I mean, if you want to get cute and pick stocks, I mean, go right ahead. But I find that way too difficult. It's because diffi- like one of the things about it is like you have to have patience with it, and if you know individual things, you have to. That's more if you're an investment banker, right? Yeah. Versus I mean, long term financial success. 
Right. I mean, you got to think about it this way. I mean, maybe 30, 40 years ago when the internet wasn't a thing and like people could really outsmart the market and be like, oh, this stock is really undervalued because I know these things. I've read these books and like, I just know more. Like right now, you have people making lots of money on Wall Street that are evaluating these stocks and all of that information is baked into the stock price. So by you saying as like a normal layman's person saying, oh no, I think this stock is going to go up like next week. So you're saying, oh yeah, you know more than like hordes of an- analysts on Wall Street that are predicted, like are, you know, like what doing research on these. Insider information yeah. do you have at that point? Right. <laughs> it's, it's just like people convince themselves that they think they, oh, like, you know, Chipotle is doing well, you know, around here. So it's like their stock has to go up. Like that's such a multifaceted thing that. Well, that's such a, what is it? Micro or microeconomics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but... it's a lot of this is psychological stuff that people get in their <laughs> heads that, I mean, there's a whole study of finance that is, it's called like behavioral investing. It's like a whole like school of thought and it's how people act under certain conditions when they're investing money. And it's like, you'd be surprised how irrationally people act. Oh, I believe it. Well, that's why I much rather find someone to do it for me and just like yeah. have them also, but make sure they like coach me so I understand what's going yeah. on. So, and I'll, I'll touch on that too. So to, to your point, yeah, the next question would be, okay, so I have some, a few thousand bucks or whatever, even if it's a couple hundred bucks and you think you want to invest it, there's, there's no minimum amount to, yeah. to start putting this money to work. S&P 500 ETFs are a very cheap way to, to invest into the broader market, right? So if you look at the TV and you say the S&P is down 5% or the Dow is down 5%, whatever your, the ETF you've bought is probably down the exact same amount. It yeah. just tracks the market. Um, so that's, that's one thing. So that's, that's where I would advise to, to, to put it. Um, in terms of like hiring people to, to help you with this, um, which I've gotten that question too. people that hire, uh, I guess these, uh, wealth managers that, that say, give me a few thousand bucks and I'm going to make more money than the broader market can make that, that doesn't happen. It's been proven time and time again that the S and P 500 outperforms any active manager in, in terms of trading stocks. Like if you went to go hire somebody, if they were like, if they were, um, doing their fiduciary duty, they would show you how to open up. I'm not saying you personally, I'm saying anyone who's like, yeah. has no idea what they're doing potentially. Like what they should do is be like, here's how you open a fidelity account or any other of these brokerage accounts Buy this ETF and don't touch it and let it ride. If they start telling you, oh, invest in this sector and these stocks and this time and, ch- and then, then pay me 500 bucks because I'm giving you all this like crazy knowledge, like that's all bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what these wealth managers and financial advisors, what they're really, what their main role is and where their value comes from is, is kind of navigating through different financial scenarios. Like what's a mortgage? How does a mortgage play into like how I can invest my money and I'm getting married and like, what do we do with our bank accounts? And, um, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting ready to get some inheritance and like all these different complex kind of factors, they help you organize all that and make sense out of it. Yes. And, and, and which is a totally needed service. It's great. But I think there's a misconception that people go and hire these guys and, and they all of a sudden make them 15% in the stock market. You know, it's like, that just, that doesn't happen. Well, that's actually one of the 
Um, so I took this actually from Shaq's 30 for 30 when he was like playing with, it was like him and Penny Hardaway or something. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he spent a bunch of money. He spent like two mil in one day, Shaq did. And then he's like, okay, that was dumb. He's like, I blew so much money. And he actually met with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them, like he said, would like, would make, could make him more cash faster than he thought. Right. And then he met this one little guy. He's like, nope. We're just gonna, it's gonna take years. You're gonna give me your money and I'm gonna sit on it. Like, that'll be it. He's like, he's mm-hmm. like, I'll, we will run past decisions. And he's like, this is a long, he was like, the only guy that told me it was gonna take a long amount of time and I needed patience, he was the one that I went with. Yeah. Uh, it's like those sorts of things. It's like, none of that is like, if they are ever trying to play the fast game, mm-hmm. Than someone not to trust potentially with your money. Yeah, and, and yeah, and most most of us we're, we're we're slinging around not too much money, so these these kind of shark advisors aren't going to like capitalize on us because like we're not their target market. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, they're not going to make a lot of money off of us anyway. So I, again, the, for the I, I would assume whoever listens to this podcast is somewhere around our situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't overthink it. It's not. It's really not as much rocket science as, as some people think at, at, at this point. Um, if you know, if you think the market's going down further, wait a little bit. It, it probably will go down further. Yeah. Um, but but don't get into this kind of um, mental exercise of trying to predict the bottom because no one can predict the bottom, right? That the idea is that you know you're relatively close to the bottom plus or minus 10%, right? Which is a big range. Yeah. But it's like as long as you're like somewhere around that area, then you you stand to make a, a good return in the next five, you know, three to five years when, when the economy recovers. And that's the thing. People got to remember that it's like you're actually thinking about the future with it. It's not, this isn't going to be... Bitcoin money where you oh, invested yeah, sure. it and it got twenty percent turnaround in right. a day or something. Again, and that and that's part of that V shape thing. Like if you truly think it's a V shape and like it's gonna bounce back up to where it was like in two months, then yeah, I guess throw all your money right now because you're gonna make thirty percent in in two months. Like I would I wouldn't do that. Um I would take the take the more conservative approach, say like, yeah, it might fall another ten percent maybe and uh you know, it's going to take me three to five years to potentially see a significant return on that. But it's a pretty safe bet, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, you know, waiting five years after a down point in a recession, like you usually you, you, it ends up pretty well, like that number I just gave you, right? Plus five years. If you would have uh, invested at the bottom of the 2007 recession in five years from that point, you would have made 136 percent Fuck on off. that money 136 percent, and that's and that's just with a hundred bucks you could have turned that into 236 bucks yeah i mean i mean yeah yeah and then i mean but that's an idealistic thing like that was a huge but decline. that was the thing you couldn't touch that money though people would have been yeah in five years people would have been like ah i'll right. grab a bit out of that but usually ah, usually people yeah. that invest in the market long term in a healthy economy like you know, it's it's there's ups and downs, but over the course of you know years, it's going to get you about eight percent historically, which is really good, right? Especially because inflation is around two percent, right? 
Yes. Yep. That's that's true. Inflation and, and, and it's like also 3%. balances ups and downs, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it takes into account long-term recessions, booms, all that over the course of the long term. It's been proven over history. It's going to return between like six and eight percent. But if you kind of quote unquote time it, and if you have the money and, and, and resources and are fortunate enough to be able to invest money during a recession, which again, a lot of people aren't. And the reason it's a recession is people are pulling their money out of the market because they have Arf. no confidence in it short term. They need the money to live. Um, and, and it's only people that have the excess capacity to invest back in. Right. Yes. Uh, and you know, again, I'm going back to one of my earlier caveats. If you lost your job or you think you could lose your job and you, and you need money in the short term, this is, this is not the situation I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the comfortable excess. Like you've got, Five months worth of salaries or five months worth of worth of expenses saved up. You've got like a safety net. Yeah, you're not buying a house in the next year. You're not buying a car in the next year. Like you don't have these like big expenses that you know you're going to be spending. Um, You don't have like medical issues where you have, you might have medical bills. You know, yeah, that extra money be like, yeah, you know what? I got this $100 or I got this $5,000 that I can put to work in the market that like, I'm okay with risking it for the next two, three years, four years to get like a nice return, right? I I take it out and I pay down my student loans because I just turned five grand into, you know, um, eight grand, you know, and it's, it's better to do that than have it sit in your bank and make nothing, you know, so... God damn. And then as well as like, depending on when you pull it out, because it might be the end of the recession, like there could be tax breaks and things like that. Right. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, but um, yeah, it's, it's the thing is it's, it's people are, are, are being like, Oh, I need to know about market. Like I need to be on top of, I need to know what stocks to pick. And like, everyone's telling me it's a good time to buy. It's like, it's not that complicated. Just, just open up a free brokerage account. Buy a S&P 500 ETF. Robin Hood. Maybe not all at once, right? Yeah. If you have a thousand bucks that you want to put in, don't put it all in in one day, right? Put in 25% of it. Then maybe in a week, the market drops a little bit more. Put the other 25% oh, of it. Oh, so what about this? So I've got an idea for you or something. Because um, I used to do Robin Hood back mm-hmm. in the day. And they have like Robin Hood Gold or whatever, where mm-hmm. they'll give you money to invest. Yeah, that's... Do you think that's a good option right now? Well, I mean, I, I don't know the inner workings of Robinhood and their incentives, but sure. that It's free money to invest yeah. and you get to keep the returns. Yeah, like, no, I mean, I, yes. I, I don't know anything really wow. about it, but uh-huh. yes. That's something. I always get scary when other people give me money. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's again, it's going to fall to a point. Like, let's say it's, you know, it's 32% down now. Like if it goes to a point where it's 40% down, and you invest and it drops another like 20%, you shouldn't be mad at yourself because then we're in like a way, way bigger crisis than what we think we are right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, all right, well, I made the rational choice. I invested when I was, when it was 40% down, like that's not a bad decision. That's like historically that makes sense. Um, for context, like I invested probably about half of what I want to invest in this recession or this time period. It's not necessarily call it a recession yet, even though it's probably going to end up being one. Um, I invested about half right now. I'm, I'm, I'm half of what I'm still have that I want to put to work. I'm, I'm waiting a little bit. I'm going to wait a couple months and it's kind of hedging your bets, right? Like, yeah, 
when I was investing, I was like, oh, that'd be great if that was the bottom, but like, it might not be, it might drop more in a month. So like, why not wait a little bit and invest some of that money in the future? So yeah. don't throw all your eggs in one basket in terms of timing, in terms of um, one particular stock. Uh, that's, you know, that's the golden rule of in- investing in the first place. So yeah, one thing I'm like starting to think about with this time is making sure like I'm going to try to do is get like more disciplined with like my budget and spending mm-hmm. habits and seeing what I'm doing. And if like, not like try to fight for pennies and nickels and things like that, but like, you know, not going to like get fast food or like snacks and things like that, seeing if there's something else I can make in the house. And I think that's a big opportunity for individuals like wondering like how to start like finding small opportunities to mm-hmm. invest. It's like, well, start making sure you budget properly. Yeah. Have it, everything expensed out first and then worry about investing yeah. and things like it, that. It's all about like the the pools of um you know, the allocated parts of your um net worth, right? I mean like you have a, you have a yeah I mean exactly what you said without repeating what you said it's, it's exactly it right it's like have have a have a budget have a certain amount of money you want to invest maybe part of that is like really safe stuff and the other part is like kind of fun money where you can pick a couple Do stocks you ever or listen something to Dave Ramsey yeah yeah I I follow his work my dad's a big fan of Dave Ramsey really I'm bugging <laughs> my buddy turned me on to him and that's why I like actually like. Just try to pay off my car as quick as possible because yeah. it was like pay off your debts. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in in th- th- that's the yeah. But there's a couple schools of thought on that, right? It's like when debt is super cheap and you stand to potentially make a lot of money in the market, people will tell you that it's actually, especially in a bull market, right? Let's say we hit the bottom, right? And we were pretty confident we're at the bottom. Yeah, it's actually way better to take out debt in in theory. Take out debt put that money into the market because you're going to be gaining more money than you're paying in interest, right? Because you're only paying like 2% interest. <laughs> yeah. so, they, so they say actually in a, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bull market, that's not a bad thing because you're, you're, your money can be put to work in the market and the interest rate is like inconsequential to, to market gains. See, then that's what I got nervous about, but I just... No, no, yeah. it's, it's right. And, 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 and all bets are off in a recession, to be honest, because everyone's situation is different. Like if you if you told me right now, like, you know, I think the coronavirus is like super, um, super scary and it has long term ramifications. And I think the stock market's going to go down 70 percent. I can't tell you you're wrong. You're not necessarily wrong. Pull out your money and, and sit on it. Like that's not yeah. that's not that's not if that's what helps you sleep at night, then do it. Right. It's all about. What are you comfortable with as a, as a person, as an investor? And um, it's not worth like going crazy about investing into certain stocks if if you don't if you can't tolerate that mentally, you know. So it's uh, just do whatever. <laughs> you're, no, I mean that's it's a serious thing because like people freak out, man. Like people are like, I need to pick the rights. Like I need to do this because like. I might be able to make a couple dollars. Like, no, you don't. Like, just sit on it. If you, if you're if you're stressed out about it, just sit on it. Well, that's the thing. I think people get a lot of nervous on is that they've seen they've seen a lot of movies mm-hmm. about the stock market mm-hmm. and think, well, Wolf of Wall Street, perfect thing. He starts off with penny stocks and then mm-hmm. builds this whole company. It's like what people don't realize though is that. That took years to yeah. do what he did. He wasn't just going and selling penny stacks one right. day. Then a year later, he had his own place. It's like 
No, he probably ate dog shit and failed for years and probably was quite on the near brink of being poor and it's like, or being full of debt. And it's like, that's one of the things it's like that you do have to accept with, and I think it's a hard thing to accept with the markets is that if you look at it every day, like your amount, you won't be making money every day. That's Mm -hmm. not the way the market... And that's the thing I think stresses a lot of people out because it stressed me out when I tried to do Robin Hood was like, I remember driving from uh, Detroit to Chicago one time and I was checking like every half an hour on Robin Hood. And I lost $200 that day. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is so stressful, whatever. Yo, a week later, I had 50 plus dollars in there. But I still was checking every single time. It's like... If you do this, you invest in like your 401k, you leave it alone, you don't look at it, you don't stress yourself. But that's something I think it's a hard thing for a lot of people to commit to is like um, if they have that much cash, it burns a hole in their pocket. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like I got to do something with it. Yeah. And so if they're watching it, it's kind of watching a baby and it's like. Fill your time with other things to do if yeah. you think you're going to be checking it a bunch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's that's definitely an important thing. And and again, the, the the Dave Ramseys of the world and like people that are you know, once you get older and once you have more things, kind of you know, you're getting closer to retirement or you have you know, you start having kids and you start thinking about how to save for college and like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of thought that needs to go into financial planning at that point. But like a lot of people our age don't overcomplicate it. You know what I mean? Like we have a 401k that you don't have to touch. That's all into long-term securities. You have some, you know, potential, you know, fun money, I guess you can call it to like invest in the market. And like, there's no right or wrong answer. Just kind of go with the flow a bit. And like, don't think that, you know, you have to be some kind of financial wizard to like figure out how to navigate through the market right now. It's like, it's yeah, not that no complicated. One's, no one's ever going to pick the right stock. Yeah. Like you get lucky. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the big things I also saw today as well. Or like, I've seen it quite a bit on LinkedIn recently with Mark Cuban. Cause I follow him and like a bunch of people have reached out to him on investment advice as well. And he's like the number one thing I tell everyone to do right now, do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Just leave it. You're going to just stress yourself out more. Totally. And you're going to, like you said, with the behavioral investing, that Mm -hmm, was it. mm -hmm. Like, you're just going to make irrational decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Keep it broad. And and then you'll have hindsight and be like, why did I do that? And then beat yourself up more. And it's like, just focus on breathing exercises right now. Yeah. I think the one kind of more solid advice I would have is, you know, if you don't need the money like really bad right now and you have like some money invested, don't pull it out. Like this is, you know, that's the whole thing of like buy high uh, or sorry, sell high, buy low. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about in a way. Like don't panic and like start thinking the world is ending and you, you just lost a bunch of money on your stocks and like now you have to pull out the rest so you don't lose more. That's that's not not good. Not good. Not good. Um, yeah. Again, unless you actually physically need the cash. But um, and at that point, you should have had probably a different plan in place. Right. That, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. I've been thinking about this, uh, and that's that's one of the things as well. It's like that I get nervous about right now is like healthcare costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big one. It's like, especially as I, I'm someone who like one, I'm incredibly grateful to have health 
care insurance. Like, that's wild. But, like, I went from a PPO to a HSA plan, mm. and I didn't realize just a drastic change in costs and, like, day-to-day activities that happen with that. And now I think about, like, as someone who, like, um, is making sure to support, like, their HSA and things like that, it's, like, what is happening for everyone else out there yeah. right now? And especially, like, because this is the coronavirus or whatever the current situation, it's, like, multiplying every four days or something. It mm-hmm. doubles. And it's, like... Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, it's the testing part. I mean, the, yeah. I think well, this is a separate topic. We, we'll go off what what you said, but yeah. I mean, it's it's the healthcare costs are just going to be insane, and I think the government's trying to figure it out as they go because nothing's ever happened like this before. So, like, they're trying to stimulate the economy um, in any way they can. Oh yeah, so. once it. So you can explain this probably really well. Uh, what's that one trillion dollar thing? So their stimulus package like, is like yeah, rolled dude. out into three phases, and the first two have been passed. Um, and that's you know stuff like you know, the student loan, uh, federal student loan, like not making you pay. I forgot everything that's included in some of these packages, but like the next phase is like the bailouts for the big companies like Boeing, who is like about to go bankrupt. Their stock's down like 80% in the last <gasps> month. It's like crazy. Time to buy Boeing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unless they go bankrupt. But um, so yeah, there's like different bailouts that they're considering. company went bankrupt recently? I don't think anyone's actually went bankrupt in, from this. Our but, band did, but that was because oh, of yeah, different reasons. Different. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a private equity deal gone really, really badly. <laughs> but um, people... Fuck shit up. Yeah, they literally did. So wait, so in these stimulus packages, mm-hmm. um, is this the one where they're talking about the stipend? Yeah, that's part of this last. Did that phase. already get? Oh, that's it hasn't the last been approved phase. yet. Um, it's in Congress. The Congress broke it up because like there's so much stuff in this. It's like it's hard to agree on all of this at once, and like oh, in order course. to speed up the process, be like, okay, let's get out the, the parts everyone agrees on first, and then like like slowly keep talking about the other stuff until, but we want to start getting stuff out into the you people. You want to know funny, something funny? That's how you build technology. Yeah. It's literally you yeah. agree on the upfront things and you're like, okay, base, it's out there. All yeah. right, now yeah. refine, That's refine, refine, refine. Yeah. That's how you build good technology. Yep. Most people don't. They mm-hmm. do, they wait till the very end. Wait till end. it's perfect. Huh? Yeah, wait yeah. till it's perfect and then they push it and they're like, that's not how yeah. we're going to use it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is two years late and this is not even what we want. <laughs> the amount of time that happens dude it is so that's why they call it it's called waterfall where it all goes over one edge at the same time yeah. versus agile or iterative development where yeah. you're like pieces at a time that makes a lot of sense yeah and then kanban boards that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's funny but yeah yeah so this last phase has this like you know that stipend, stipend in it discussion um i think i that's andrew yang's uh what is it the yeah universal, universal basic income <laughs> yeah well Sure, it's 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 in the same vein of of what of what it's that is. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's interesting, man. It's like they're finding really they they have to find really creative ways to like keep people from going into panic mode and like sitting on piles of cash underneath their mattress. You know, it's like they need the economy needs people to go out and keep spending money. And then it's the thing is like, but you can't go to the bar. You can't even give someone a tip. Like yesterday, like I went and got Bucharest and thank God, like that place is still open. I was just thinking about that yesterday. I drove by it. I was like, yeah, Bucharest. Bucharest. (laughs) Bucharest. I like think about like, cause that's the thing is like, 
And even in Detroit right now, there was like an oversaturation of restaurants and things have been closing in general. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, fuck. Yeah, man. It, it, it's very, very, very complicated from a policy standpoint. It, it's like unprecedented. Like this this combination of factors has never, ever, 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 ever happened before. But and like, what, then what happened during the Spanish flu? I don't I don't know. I didn't do a lot of research on it, but it wasn't... Because that was... Uh, maybe it's something for us to think about because, like, that definitely... Because that definitely must have had an impact because that killed a bunch of people, right? But that was only 3% of the world's population at the time. Yeah. Or How long was ago was 12, that? 1920. 19, yeah, so that was kind of like... That's why know. it was so warm in Nult's apartment when we went there a few years ago. Because of the Spanish flu? Well, that's what um, Kylie said was because they, you heated up the apartment so much, it forced you to open up the windows to get the air and to um, get the air circulating. Maybe right. maybe, maybe I'm just gullible as shit. No, I'll buy into that. <laughs> but like, I thought about that. I was like, that's smart because then it's like still warm in the apartment, but the mm. windows are open, air circulating. It's getting all the virus like out sure. into yeah. the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's, it's, uh, there's going to be a lot of things like, you know, the help for the restaurant workers and stuff. Like, I think all that stuff is, is coming. It's just... People have to figure out what's what's the right. Move well, and here. that's the thing. Then, like, uh, what about like the United Auto Workers and like all these construction jobs, like where you're, like, and then banks and things like that. It's so funny and like how you can't just put people into you know FaceTime interaction with everyone because mm-hmm. you'll go crazy. Mm-hmm. But like, I understand why they're being so strict on this quarantine mm-hmm. right now because it's like if you stop it early, it reduces the amount of risk and mm-hmm. like transmitting it. But the funny thing is, it's like they're not st- limiting vehicle travel right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Like I could get in my car and go drive to the Grand Canyon if I want. Yeah. Like that's still. Well, that's the thing is, it's like there's a balance between it being China and it being still like you still have your basic liberties, right? It's like they can't like. Well, and that's why I think Amazon Prime, baby, like, still get me my stuff. I'm like, they're like, we're bumping this out to four days because we're getting so much shit. Yeah, I was kind of bummed. I wanted a couple of things, like, primed, and I was like... Yeah, I guess the I ordered, priority for my VDI cable isn't higher than like people that need... Go to Micro Center, support local. Uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I went to Best Buy and it was kind of a crazy experience. But Everybody was like fighting. No, I went to one Best Buy, they didn't have it, and it was a ghost town. I went to another Best Buy like 10 minutes away from that one, and it was packed. Was well, like, that's what is the thing. <laughs> um, what is it? They Best Buy has been going under, or uh, things like that. Oh, what was it though? What was it? Prime... Oh, and that's the crazy thing. It's like Prime still, like delivery drivers are still like you know what's crazy has like how Amazon Prime just Amazon has become like a utility in this mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. or in this world. Yeah, it's like I need. I ordered a bidet because I was like nervous about the toilet paper stuff. So I ordered a bidet attachment for my toilet. And guess what? It doesn't work. For yeah, yeah, I like can't connect it. So I'm like. Are you afraid of bidets? <laughs> Dude, I had, I'll, here's a sidebar story. Like I just, I was just in Africa three weeks ago. Three oh yeah, ago. Senegal. Yeah. And it was, uh, every, like they laughed at me when I was asking for toilet paper and like their bidets are, I mean, the places we went, it's not like a, it is a developing country, but it's not like 
mega third world. Like, right. Yeah. Right. That's it's, it's a normal place. But there's bidets were like shower handles next to the toilet. And like the whole floor was like, it's like most of them were like an integrated shower with a toilet kind of in the same space. And then there was a bidet nozzle like right next to the toilet. And it's like, for me, it seemed like people were just like washing their butt cracks and like poop was going off everywhere on the floor. Like people in my group explained to me, it's like not really what happens, but it like turned me off of like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I carried a toilet, roll of toilet paper around with me everywhere I went. Nice. For all the interviews that we had to do there, like I had a roll of toilet paper in my, in my backpack. Yeah. Like essentials. Yeah, man. Like it's one thing for a bidet, like to like, I don't know, the ones I saw in Europe are like, you like sit on it kind of yeah, thing, it's right? more like you kind of hover sit but it's yeah. more of like a like a faucet right no yeah. this one is like you take a shower handle off the wall and you, and you put it down into the toilet and you like you there's probably <laughs> like there's got to be poop on this thing right i mean like they're taking it's a, not sanitary yeah <laughs> in africa it's like i'm not dealing with unsanitary poo oh my god that's so funny <laughs> i didn't think that would come up but all right there we go yeah um, but no, that current, like back to the coronavirus stuff, it's, you know, the interesting thing is like, what are the long-term implications, right? Are like people going to start working from home more? Like they're talking about, you know, airline, the airline industry is going to be completely different. There's going to be less demand. Production schedules are going to get cut down for, for building new airplanes. Like it didn't also help with the AC, what is it? The 737 yeah, max. Yeah. yeah. It's, there's just a lot of. You know, people again. People are thinking that V-shaped thing, right? It's like, oh, everything is going to go back to normal. And like, no, there's a lot of economists and like people that kind of study this stuff and say, no, there's like actual long-term ramifications for. How I this feel like if you just like have some common sense right now, you can feel that like right. this is not going to be normal for a long time, right? Like, if ever, right? I mean, it might change the way people do stuff you know it's like i don't know it's maybe for the better dude i'm so happy i got to go on vacation before this yeah i mean i went to africa probably like the last time it was remotely safe to travel yeah so like we were um kiera and i went to like the grand canyon and stuff and i was like we were in vegas the last day i'm like how are there so many people out like we yeah. were getting like what is it those frozen daiquiris on the strip i was yeah. like time to get drunk and then it's like then we just got to, well, what was it? The funniest thing was we saw a bunch of stuff when we were out there just like laughing kind of about the coronavirus was like, Kiara literally saw someone at the Hoover Dam like sneeze right into their hand and then go, oh, I'm like trying to like shake it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people were just not giving us shit. And like the funniest thing I saw was at the airport when we were leaving was someone was wearing a mask. All right. And their hands were like on some table, like because they were eating somewhere. And then I watched them rub their eye. Hmm. I was like, all right, like everybody's just like, hey, none of this is like common sense anymore. The funniest video I saw was a couple <laughs> weeks ago. This lady, she's like giving this like public address. Yeah, and at she, the White House. She's like, do not touch your face, your eyes, your mouth, your nose. And then she flips the page and she licks her finger. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? And it's the always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. Um, shoot, what was I was going to say something else about it. Oh, but I think like the testing is like the most important right now because oh, like, yeah. like you just said, like the, the cases went up a bunch. Like, I don't, like no one even knows if the cases are going up by that much because like we don't know how many people have it to begin with. So it's like, yeah, more people are getting tested. So obviously the cases are going up. But it's like until we can roll out 
mass testing. Yeah. And until we can actually spread or track how this is spreading, like we don't know what's working, what's not. And that's the thing. It's like, one, how are they going to design it? How are they then going to produce it? How are they then going to distribute it? And there are going to be so many things on, like, is it fair or not? Like, things like that. I know, and that's that's the biggest thing. Like, because right now it's like, I don't know if there's, you know, obviously they're working on a cure and things to manage the symptoms, and that's great, but it's like, we we just have to know who's who's got it and who's at risk and like how are certain measures. And then it's like the craziest thing is like I feel like that most of the people are at risk have been the ones that have always kind of been at risk for sort of right. health complications. Right. right. And so it's that's also just like nerve wracking. It's like what stress is that gonna put on? Well, you know the healthcare system. Like yeah. That's it's really terrifying. I'm I'm really glad. I mean, hopefully, all of these measures are preemptive and like more extreme than they need to be, and and then that you know the hospitals won't get overwhelmed. But I'm glad we're doing this all like ahead of time, not and that's as like, a reaction. And that's one of the crazy things is like what it talked about was like you know at the start of this, like China being able to build a hospital mm-hmm. in ten days. Like how? Yes, that's a marvelous feat of engineering. Totally get that. But why are we never, ever set up for surges in the system? Yeah. Nice. yeah. Like, literally, that's, so, that's, and that's something that we actually, when we build technology nowadays, you have to do kind of like surge testing on it, or it's called load testing, performance mm-hmm. testing, and penetration testing. Like You do those sorts of things to make sure that you're, and then as well as like user testing and just, all those sorts of things that to make sure it can handle those sorts of things before it goes live. Right. And it's just so funny. It's like how the engineering process has like kind of followed these things, but because it one slows down the process, it's kind of been pushed to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like no one thinks that there's going to, everyone talks about, Oh, there might be a pandemic one day, but it's like, no one actually thinks it's going to happen. No one cares. Yeah. And they're like, Whoa, like this is kind of scary. It's yeah. like, did you not watch Outbreak? Right. <laughs> the one positive thing I'm getting out of all this so far, you can, I mean, takes the grain of salt because like no one should believe everything that comes out of China. But the fact that it's not a complete horror show apocalypse right there right now is a good thing, right? Because well, like it hasn't exponentially gotten worse. And they had to, you know, they were, they weren't taking preemptive measures for this. They were taking reactionary measures and... And that's one of the things, though, is like that. I think this just like calls out entirely is how everybody is reactionary mm-hmm. and ever precautionary. Yeah, they're never trying to manage that risk earlier to understand what that could cause. They're like, no, when it ill, I'll know how to handle it when it comes up. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say this, but all the doomsday preppers, like. Dude, if Dude, I have enough money, I'm gonna I'm I'm building a bunker somewhere, man, for sure. See, that's the one thing I love about this apartment is like if it like uh what I like they legit quarantine, thank God I got a balcony. Yeah. Like I don't think they'll tell me I can't go out there. No, like, no, dude, it's, it's never gonna get to an authoritarian state where like yeah, it's martial be, law. Yeah, it's not gonna get that. Like well, that, that would dude. be the funny thing, is like how are you gonna control all this area? Uh, I mean you you physically arrest people. Yeah. <laughs> like and people in Detroit I literally will not get <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's I mean, I think 
China is hopefully a good example of, I mean, whether they're rushing people back to work and whether they have a second wave of this, that's a whole nother thing. Well, it's crazy. Didn't Honda open up a plant again? I don't know. In Wuhan? I mean, they're sending, they're legit, like the masses are going back to work from the understanding that I'm getting. Like, it's like going back to business as usual over the next couple weeks, Um, which again, you can take that as a good thing or like they're complete psychopaths, but um, I don't know. The fact that, you know, it could have spread way more and you could have heard a lot more deaths coming out. And right now it seems to have been, you know, plateauing and I'm not a healthcare professional, so I I don't know the extent of it, but at least that kind of helps me sleep at night because like, it seems like this thing can plateau without like huge mass casualties. Yeah. And well, that's the thing is like, there's still a lot of other things to be worried about. It's sure. like if you're still not healthy, like this is a good time to like actually start to yeah. you know set goals, and that's yeah. actually kind of one of the things that I've taken as a positive from this. It's mm-hmm. like I've kind of set more specific goals mm-hmm. for myself. I'm like, all right, like I can read a book. Like yeah. I'm not doing shit. Like yeah. I'm getting work from home. Like yeah. let's read a book. Like let's write a few things. Like let's actually like like also if your house isn't clean. Perfect time to clean your house. Like, (laughs) there are benefits to this. Just don't think about it all as negatives, but like, it's all about your framing of the situation. 100%. Yeah, I I took a little bit of a different approach and I bought a video game for the first time since high school. Actually, two video games to be exact, because I was like, you know what? This is a good time to like have my, like, release my mind a little bit of some of like the stuff I've been like with school and work. And it's like, I want to play. Some freaking Call of Duty. You well, know? that's one thing I was about to say. Like, I wouldn't say you've gone the opposite way because you're a Mister Go Hard all the time. Like, you set like, you know, you're a great example of like actually being disciplined and doing the things that most people don't want to do because you know it will make you better. I think like actually getting a video game for you yeah. right now is probably the best thing. Yeah. It's, like, it's like I haven't relaxed in the past like eight years or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like let's take a break for a while. Yeah. So I think you're doing fantastic. Thanks man. No, I think we're all we're all uh, taking this in uh, in good stride. So it's yeah, when people like start going mass hysteria, that's when like so many people are buying ammunition right now. I was like, yeah. that's the last thing I'm buying. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be like, yeah. Even groceries, I, I almost probably overbought some stuff, but it's yeah. like, we're not going to run out of groceries. Like, you can go to the freaking store and buy your regular eggs and meat. You know, it's like, they might be out, there might be certain days that there's shortages, but it's like, you're not going to be long-term like starved Like, you here. will sustain yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, you might have to eat broccoli, but you will yeah. be fine. But it's like, it's, you know, <laughs> I've been out of the grocery a few times already, and it's like, you know, probably the worst it's going to be because, like, people panic at the beginning of these things. Yeah. It's like, I still found, like, most of the stuff I wanted to buy. Well, yeah, and that's my thing. Is like everybody. It's just a funny thing now of going to the store and everybody's like getting irrational about the toilet paper. Yeah, that's like the one thing, right? Is like I guess toilet paper is the like people just turns out to shit themselves all the time. Like who does who has such unhealthy bowel movements that Dude, you need it, so much toilet? It's paper? one of those things that like whatever psychological thing happened with like the first group of people that like sold out the first few stores of toilet paper, and once like that news got out everyone was like well i don't need all that toilet paper but like if there's crazy people buying all of it then i guess i need more toilet paper yeah. and everyone thinks that way <laughs> like no no one needs that much toilet paper yeah. be rational they're like no 
no. <laughs> it's like you didn't need. Well, to then it's like okay. Well, if Charlie's being irrational, I guess I have to be irrational because he's going to take all the toilet paper, and I don't have a week's worth of toilet paper. So then, like this chain reaction of like people reacting to other people being idiots. Yeah, and it's like well, that's the thing. Instead of being precautionary and being like, yeah, I should buy bulk toilet paper, probably. Yeah. Like just in general, people are like, nah, I'm buying six rolls. I'll be fine. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, brother. We had a great little talk. Yeah, that was good, man. Yeah, this is hype. How, we, how long was that? Uh, 55 minutes wow. coming up on 56. Wow. Yeah, yeah this shit is cool. We really riffed. Yeah. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. Woo, Corona. Woo. I, Sharona. <laughs> Coronacation. Coronacation. <laughs>